Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. I'm Matthew Petty and this is Florida Matters. St. Petersburg Mayor Ken Welch has picked the developer he wants to reimagine the Tropicana Field site. And I'm excited to announce that the city's partner for progress in the development of the historic gas plant district will be the Heinz Rays development team. And that big reveal came at the end of the Mayor's State of the City address on the steps of City Hall Monday. Welch talked about visiting his grandfather's woodyard in the district as a child and what was lost when it was raised to make way for the baseball stadium. It was a community. It was evidence of the perseverance of the African-American community that endeavored to turn a red line part of our city into a neighborhood of commerce, faith, and family. And it represents a monumental, unfulfilled promise that will finally be kept. Welch said fulfilling that promise means providing affordable housing, jobs, and meaningful inclusion of the African-American community. And he said the Heinz Ray's proposal is the best of the four competing proposals to do so. Reaction to the announcement was mixed. Retired teacher Greg Ross, whose family once lived in a housing project in the gas plant neighborhood, supports the proposal. As a matter of fact, it may be a dream come true. And because of the way the housing situation is being structured, it may be a realistic opportunity since I'm a retired educator. I don't make a lot of money. I live on a fixed income. But it may be a way forward for myself to be able to move downtown. On the other hand, Southside St. Petersburg resident Alexa Manning had a different take on the proposal. Ain't no telling what would go there, which would shine my community. Things might not be affordable. Different things are placed there. Restaurants, high-end restaurants, high-end stores. We won't be able to afford that. Today on Florida Matters, we're talking about what this decision means for that neighborhood and the city of St. Petersburg and what comes next. Joining us are WUSF Steve Newborn, who covers politics and the environment. Steve, thanks for being here. My pleasure, Matthew. Also with us, WUSF's Gabriella Paul, who reports on living paycheck to paycheck. Gabriella, thank you as well. Happy to be here. We're joined also by Reverend John Hall Perkins, Senior Pastor at McCabe United Methodist Church in St. Petersburg. Happy to be here also. And Tampa Bay Business Journal reporter Brianne Williams. Thanks for having me. And St. Petersburg resident William Gravely. William, thanks as well. Thank you for having me today. Steve, I want to start with you. What are the highlights, quickly, of this redevelopment plan that uh, Ken Welch has picked? So the highlights are, it looks like the Rays are now in the driver's seat to stay in Tampa Bay. As many people know, their lease at Tropicana Field expires in 2027. And they've been, yeah, I mean, probably for the last decade, they've been making waves of getting a new stadium, going to Tampa, having a a split season Mm -hmm. with Montreal, which got scotched by Major League Baseball last year. And so they came back home and decided, well, we're going to try to have a whole new development at their current site, at the Tropicana Field site. They co-partnered with this group called Heinz, who has a lot of history developing sites like this, major sites. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the key here is there's going to be a lot of the affordable housing that Mayor Ken Welch had said that there needs to be on the site. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the stadium, they have also pledged a lot of money for small business incubators, other employment opportunities. And uh, the big one, this is something that Ken Welch mentioned during his speech, 
was that they are going to build a new Carter Woodson African American History Museum on the site. Mm -hmm. And that made quite the impression on the mayor. Now, Ken Welch talked about his connection with the gas plant neighborhood. He said this proposal was the best path forward for the redevelopment. What were his reasons for going with this one over the others? Well, he said they had a history of development and they, they have the, the tools to make it happen. It's going to take over a decade at least yeah. uh, for this all to happen. But they had the financial backing and the knowledge to make this a, a done deal in the end. And then he really stressed that community involvement is important. He said they will stay involved, the community will stay involved throughout the development how is that input going to happen and what kind of impact will it have on what we see go up in that space? Yeah, one of the things that Mayor had also mentioned yesterday was the Heinz Ray proposal. They went out in the community a lot, which is something that Sugar Hill did too, one of the other uh, mm-hmm. uh, finalists. There's been a lot of community input trying to pay uh, heed to what happened several decades ago when the old gas plant district was demolished for Tropicana Field and for I-175 there. Mm-hmm. And they were praised for listening to the community and getting their input. So that that's a big deal here yeah. as well. Let's talk a little bit about affordable housing. Gabriella, this is your beat, and it's been a real kind of focus point for the mayor over the last you know six to 12 months when he's talked about what this site means and what it could be. How important is developing affordable housing for St. Petersburg and for Mayor Ken Welch? Sure. So in St. Petersburg and in the greater Tampa Bay region over the last year, we have experienced record high inflation, and that has definitely touched the rental market. So not only do you have those that are historically low to moderate income that are struggling to pay for rent, but there's also a larger amount of people that are maybe between 80 to 120 percent of the area median income that are really feeling stress on their budget in terms of housing expenses. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the backdrop upon which affordable housing has been brought up in this most recent wave of proposals. So in June, Mayor Ken Welch did scrap the preferred plan for this 86-acre site and had asked that the new wave of proposals emphasize the need for affordable housing in St. Petersburg. Well, I'm wondering, I mean, the one thing that's been reported by WSF and everybody else is the fact that this proposal selected by the mayor had the lowest proportion of affordable housing. So I'm wondering how it's stacked up against the others. And maybe there's some surprise in the fact that he went with this one, given that he's been talking so much about affordable housing over the last little while. I would say that the community reaction after the emphasis on affordable housing, there was mixed reaction among community members. I will say that having talked to the affordable housing leads for each of the projects, something that just sticks in my mind is that nothing is set in stone right now. This is just that. These are proposals. And I talked to one housing expert, uh, USF Elizabeth Strom, that said nothing is set in stone until they start turning dirt. So Mm -hmm. as these formal negotiations start happening between the developer and the city, I think that the number of affordable housing units may change. And in fact, the CEO of Dante's Partners, who's the lead with the Heinz Reyes proposal, Bua Benatia, said that that number very well may grow. Mm-hmm. He's open to that. Yeah. Reverend John Hall Perkins, McCabe United Methodist Church, has a very long history in St. Petersburg, goes back more than 100 years. What's the connection between your church and this neighborhood? Uh, McCabe United Methodist Church was built in 1905, and the first building was located on 2nd Avenue South which is now where the east entrance of the Tropicana uh, sits. And the church was just growing. It was thriving. It was part of this gas plant community. And it was you know, thriving so much so 
that in 1919, the church built an even larger building uh, off of 9th Street South, which is, you know, MLK now. And that's mm-hmm. now parking lot nine uh, of the Tropicana. And so uh, McCabe was once part of this community. Uh, it, it was once uh, a gathering, not just of people of faith, not just United Methodist people, but the whole community. Uh, there were prominent members of McCabe United Methodist Church who lived and worked and played in the gas plant area. People like Elder Jordan Sr. was a member of McCabe, and uh, we know the owner of the Manhattan Casino, and for which Jordan Park is named after. There were people like Judge James Sanderlin, and all of these people were not just people to list names of, but they were people who, because of their commitment and involvement at McCabe, were able to um, help the church be involved and connected to the heartbeat of the community. Mm-hmm. There's a story that was published in, in the newspaper in 1920 where a group of uh, women and teachers got together and started a kindergarten class at McCabe for black students in the community who could not go elsewhere. Uh, the, so it was a class for uh, kids aged three, four, and five. And it was innovative at the time because kindergarten wasn't part of public school curriculum. And so there were great things that were done at McCabe, through McCabe, to just meet the needs of the gas plant community. So Mm -hmm. it was a part of that community that was thriving and that was unfortunately displaced uh, and raised. And to think that um, where our community once was thriving is now a parking lot, it's painful for many members of the church and the community. So what was your reaction when you watched Mayor Welch make his announcement? You said, like, what were you hoping for? What, What does this next stage mean for you? I was a little bit disappointed, I have to admit. You know, this is the the plan that has the lowest amount of affordable housing. I think there are many people in the community who just had hoped that whatever plan was selected would do a little bit more for the residents who are still here and, and still struggling in many ways and trying to recover a sense of community, recover a sense of being able to live uh, and thrive in the same city that they grew up in and, and that they work in. I think everyone ought to have the opportunity to, to thrive and live and enjoy life in the place where they grew up and in the place where they work and contribute to the economy and contribute to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Gravely, let me bring you into this conversation. What do you think of this proposal and what were you hoping to hear from the mayor? Well, I've, I'm pretty satisfied with the, with the uh, selection that he made. It may have a little less in terms of affordable housing, in terms of units, but I think the overall plan and the inclusion of the community and the way that they really reached out to a broad section of the community to get involvement and plan to keep them involved along the way, I'm really happy about it. You've got a pretty long history in St. Petersburg, right? Your, your family goes quite a ways back. Just talk a little bit, if you could, oh, yeah. about your connection and, and what the area was like before Tropicana Field emerged. For me, the gas plant community was a part of my, my childhood. I mean, I I remember we didn't live down there, but my grandfather's first house was in Palm Court, and, of course, uh, his cleaners was on 3rd Avenue and 14th Street, just across the street from Bernstein's Grocers. Mm-hmm. And we were probably no more than 600 yards, if that far, away from one of the towers. So we were kind of oblivious to the danger that the towers had to us if had had anything happened, but it was a thriving neighborhood. It was full of love. I remember a lady who was a very close friend of ours who babysit for us when I was a little kid. We'd go down to the cleaners, and after we made our hangers, she would give us collard greens. The first time I ever had collard greens with dumplings in them, <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, so, so it was a part of my childhood. We grew up there, and, and as I grew up, 
my grandfather was getting ready to close the cleaners when I was in high school, and I eventually took it over and ran it for about four or five years myself. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that they started the negotiations about buying up all the property, and, and they started coming in and taking things. And there was no mention of even a stadium at that time. They were telling us, oh, we're going to put in clean light industry and affordable housing, and that never, ever happened. To this day, it hasn't happened. And, you know, about 10 years after that, that's when they started building the stadium and trying to get, you know, uh, a team here. So it's been a source of a, of a great disappointment for our community. And I'm hoping that in the coming future, there be some sort of reparations. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that this plan will bring some some sort of relief to the people who were really displaced in that, in that old move there. Hmm. But if at, at least if those who are still alive and if our descendants can have a leg up and have an opportunity. Because my main thing that I've always told them is create not only affordable housing, but business incubators so that minority and, and fledgling businesses will have a way to get a leg up and get a toehold so that they can get started and really compete. Brianna, if I could bring you into this conversation, 86 acres is a, a massive site, right? I mean, it's, it's if not one of the the biggest uh, in, in the city of St. Petersburg and Florida, it's probably the nation, right? So it's a big deal. Mayor Welch has called it transformational. What are some of the challenges the project kind of aims to tackle, like need for affordable housing, as we've talked about, office space, jobs? What does this mean for the economy of St. Petersburg? When you look at St. Pete like a puzzle, there have been edges that have been filled out and portions that have been filled out. The puzzle pieces have been in place for years. And these 86 acres have been a literal hole in this puzzle. And so when we talk about what it's going to do to the economy, I mean, the whole picture is going to shift of what St. Pete is once those pieces are put in place. And when we talk about jobs, I mean, Class A office space in downtown St. Pete, the vacancy rate is like four or five percent right now. The product is 30 years old, 40 years old. We do Mm -hmm. not have office. We do not have room. And when we talk about what does that mean for who we can attract, all the business leaders say we don't know what we've missed because we're not able to even be on the radar of some of the types of companies they would want. When we talk about 1.4 million square feet of office coming, that is a substantial amount of of jobs, of new corporations, of expansions, of different people able to now work in downtown. Um, There's also 300,000 square feet of retail. That's a lot of everyday people on the street walking around buying things. You know, the, the housing component, is it the lowest amount of affordable housing? It sure is. But there is people that will be living on what are now parking lots. Mm-hmm. So I think it will start putting people there. Everyone that I've talked to has hoped that that is the foundation upon which there will be negotiations to get more affordable housing for that property. But also I think something that is really crucial to this site is its ability to connect. It is going to be connecting to 22nd Street, which is called the Deuces. It'll be connecting to the 16th Street. It'll be connecting these pieces that have been largely alone. They've been isolated and these communities might have a chance to start getting foot traffic and just traffic in general of people going to these businesses that have had to support themselves based off their very, you know, isolated surrounding communities. So Mm -hmm. I think that connectivity is going to really just help a trickle effect of thriving for these other neighborhoods. Ken Welch talked a lot about his kind of vision for the area and his past, and he said history is, is important here in St. Petersburg. How do, do you think this development sort of fits in with his, I guess, the way he operates in terms of other developments in St. Pete? 
It's really interesting. His first year in office has been largely comprised of him killing deals that he said didn't have enough community benefits. Moffitt Cancer Center is one that people still talk about, um, and that was killed because of a lack of affordable housing in the residential tower that was going beside it. There have been countless others. It's interesting the fact that the proposal that was picked was the lowest amount of affordable housing, but I think he really wanted the Tampa Bay Rays to stay in St. Pete, and he is hoping, I know he said in a press conference following the State of the City address that he hopes this will be the foundation upon which the negotiations can continue. But also for this site specifically, there are community benefits. I know that equitable development is something that he has talked about every step of the way uh, for his first year in office. So a lot will, I think, remain to be seen on what is negotiated, what stays, what else is coming. Steps like having the Woodson Museum Mm -hmm. are great first steps. He has talked a lot about the fact that an entire community was displaced and there's not even a plaque. There's not a walk there right now. There's nothing to commemorate this history. And he said yesterday that St. Pete honors its history and it is its history. And so I think he is hoping that we will get some type of homage to that there. Um, And there's a lot in the plan that that indicate that that will come. But Mm -hmm. negotiations will be where the nitty gritty is worked out. You're listening to Florida Matters. We're discussing the proposal to redevelop the Tropicana field site in St. Petersburg and what that means for the city. The conversation continues after this break. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. We're talking about the proposal to redevelop Tropicana Field. St. Petersburg Mayor Ken Welch announced Monday that he'd chosen the Heinz Tampa Bay Rays development team. They were picked ahead of three other competing proposals for the 86-acre site. With us are WSF reporters Gabriella Paul and Steve Newborn, Tampa Bay Business Journal reporter Brianne Williams, Reverend John Hall Perkins, senior pastor at McCabe United Methodist Church in St. Petersburg, and St. Petersburg resident William Gravely. Gabrielle, if I can come back to you for a moment, you talked about the mixed reaction you got from some of the folks you talked to about this proposal. Uh, let's just hear a little more from retired Pinellas County teacher Greg Ross. He's a lifelong baseball fan and a supporter of the mayor's pick to redevelop the site. We have uh, a national and a global presence and visibility that our community would not have had had the raise not come. So I consider them a community asset. Uh, I would love for them to stay. I'm a huge raise fan. And I want to continue to root for them in my old neighborhood called the gas plant area. What stood out for you about your conversation with Greg? So I approached Greg. We were standing uh, awaiting the mayor's decision on the steps of City Hall, and he was wearing a raised baseball cap. So that was a conversation starter. I'd asked if he was a fan. And he brought up his own personal family history, having been displaced from a housing project where he grew up as a kid on Third Avenue. But interestingly, he viewed the benefits that the Tampa Bay Rays brought to the community as um, a positive despite that personal history. And he said that, like he mentioned, the visibility that the Rays brought nationally to St. Petersburg, the jobs that it's brought to the community. He said several of his family members have worked with the franchise over the years, and now he hopes that they'll make good on a promise that's been unkept for decades, as Mm -hmm. we've talked about. Let's talk a little more about the Rays, too. In the meantime, despite this all, they've said they still aren't 100% committed to St. Petersburg. Let's listen to Rays President Brian Old. We're at the very beginning here, and there's a lot that still needs to go right for us to uh, to get a shovel in the ground. Up until that shovel is in the ground, it's important that we continue to have dialogue about preserving the Rays in Tampa Bay for generations to come and all the different ways that that could happen. Um, but I don't want to underestimate what a big step was taken forward today. 
And that audio courtesy of Spectrum Bay News 9. Meanwhile, here's Tampa Bay Mayor Jane Castor. This is what she told the Business Journal about the announcement. She said, quote, Our main goal is keeping the raise in Tampa Bay, and Mayor Welch's announcement brings us an important step closer to that goal. She said in a statement, There's a lot of work still to do. However, Tampa remains a great option for the team, and we're keeping our door open and our pencil sharpened for due diligence for any potential raised stadium proposal in Tampa. Uh, Brianne Williams, this is a pretty big bargaining chip for the raise, right? Absolutely. And I think one of the big takeaways was yesterday when Mayor Welch made this announcement, he was describing this process as they are now engaged. And he made a lot of comparisons of the next steps are them walking down the aisle where they will finally make that that lifelong commitment. Flash forward less than two hours later and the Rays said, well, we're going to be continuing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Why why would we not be doing Some kind that? of prenuptial agreement going so on. So it, it seems very much like um, one of the the two of this couple are still talking to former suitors. And mm-hmm. that makes a lot of business sense for the Rays and really, I think, is not what Mayor Welch probably wanted to hear uh, the same day that he made his announcement. But the Rays now are formerly in the driver's seat. They get to do what they want to do now, and it will be what do the negotiations look like? How much is the city and the county willing to throw into this to get them to stay? If they were to pull out, what would that mean for the rest of the development? That is the question, isn't it? I know um, yesterday Matthew Harrison, the senior managing director for Heinz, he just said that it would be a very different project. He reiterated that he hoped that did not happen. However, he said that when you don't have the kind of anchor tenant that the Rays represent, uh, something that would be bringing 350 days worth of events, of programming, of engagement, of foot traffic, that the entire plan has to shift. And so he he said they would have to reevaluate if that day came, but he frequently you know, repeated he hoped it, it mm-hmm. did not come to that. And a billion dollars, I think, is the figure I've seen, the estimate for this. St- I mean, that's, a, that's an awful lot of money. Uh, that money's going to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows exactly what the financing element is going to look like. I think that that is going to be, in my opinion, the biggest part of the negotiations going forward. I think it's not just a city and raise conversation. We're talking county funds now. Mm-hmm. You know, Pinellas does have a massive amount of bed tax that they could tap into, but Pinellas is going to have to be willing to do that. And the raise are potentially going to have to be willing to put some money down themselves. And I, I don't know at this point, um, what that figure is going to be. I don't think anyone has a salt. There's a lot of estimates in that. That does seem to be the most prominent Mm. one, but we'll see. Reverend Hall Perkins, Mayor Welch, said he'll continue to seek input from the community as this development takes shape. Are you confident he can keep that promise? I certainly hope so. I mean, I think that there has been some signs that the mayor is listening to the community, hosting community listening sessions on, on various topics that are um, you know, of of central concern and in particular to the whole community and, and particularly to the black community. And so I think that because we've seen an, um, evidence of that, I certainly hope and, and do have some confidence that uh, it will continue. And I, I think our community, uh, particularly the black community here and those who have been displaced and are still residents of the city, they, they certainly hope that their voice will be heard in whatever is yet to come. Mm-hmm. What about the business side of things that we've talked about? I mean, aside from affordable housing, does it seem like there's some opportunity to revitalize that area? And I mean, he talked about meaningful um, African-American input into that. Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, again, I certainly hope so, because we, we have a lot of innovative entrepreneurs in the black community who are hoping that, you know, the businesses that they have built can be expanded, relocated to that area. Uh, and certainly that would be part of, you know, paying homage to the history because there were 
black businesses that were thriving that were, you know, raised in order mm-hmm. uh, for the Tropicana to be built. And so uh, giving space for, you know, black entrepreneurs, black businesses to um, exist in that space again would certainly be um, a form of justice and I think uh, would benefit the whole community as well. William, um, I mean, talking about business, this kind of speaks to what to your family's experience. Uh, what what do you want to see, and what what do you think the potential is for uh, for kind of revitalization, new businesses to emerge, or businesses to to kind of head back into that area that's now parking lot primarily? Well, yeah, as I as I kind of alluded to before, I'm hoping with this development that business spaces will be created, but that some of them will be just as we're setting aside some of the housing for affordable housing. And when I say affordable, I'm talking about workforce housing, people who, you know, do not make $100,000 a year, but maybe $50,000 or less. But by the same token, we need to set aside some of the business spaces for entities that are coming up off the ground. You know, people that that have skills, but they may need wraparound services. They may need a reduced uh, lease for a couple of years or for at least 18 months so that they can really get a toehold. And then I'm hoping that the city will also work with some of the financial institutions to be able to open up some of their drawers to provide funding so that people can scale their businesses up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm really hopeful and I have full confidence in the mayor's decision. And one thing I wanted to piggyback off of, I think somebody mentioned connectivity and the development. That's one of my key complaints about the stadium was how the, the way the traffic is funneled in and funneled out, it has never, ever benefited any of the businesses on the South side. And for the little jobs that it actually has created, They've been kind of little stopgap jobs, but they're not many upwardly mobile jobs where people can really make a living wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that those things will be taken into consideration. And lastly, I'd like to say that I love the Rays and I love I love what they're doing. I want them to stay here, but I think they need to rethink their uh, pricing as well and make it more affordable so people from the neighborhood can actually bring their families and be able to afford to watch and enjoy a game mm-hmm. without having to spend a couple of hundred dollars, you know, to get your family in and try to, you know, have, have a good time. It's totally unaffordable to some of the common people here. Uh, I ma- imagine these are some of the ideas you might be bringing forward to the mayor and the development team as this proposal I, moves I, ahead. I, I have tried to make all of my wishes and thoughts known, and <laughs> I will continue to do so. <laughs> yes, sir. Steve, what are then the next steps for this project now the mayor has picked this developer? I mean, he's got to get some people on his side in the council to get this underway and get shovel into dirt, as Brian Old said, right? The next step is the city council has to give their approval. I don't think there's any doubt that's going to happen. That sounds like a, pretty much of a fait accompli. But, you know, the devil is in the details with the money. Where are they going to get a billion dollars for a dome stadium? Is it going to come, like Brian said, from mostly mm-hmm. bed taxes? which is shared throughout the entire county. And that means taking some of that slice of that pie away from other qualified businesses or museums or whatever. And there's still that sort of Damocles hanging over the city's head with they still are talking to Tampa. They still might move somewhere else. Maybe maybe more of a shovel of Damocles. <laughs> right. So now the tough nitty gritty gets mm-hmm. underway. So this was in some ways the easy part. Right. We're going to leave it there, but uh, I want to thank all of our guests for joining us. WSF's Steve Newborn covering politics and the environment. Thank you so much, Steve. My pleasure. 
WUSF's Gabriella Paul reporting on living paycheck to paycheck. Gabriella, thank you as well. Thank you, Matt. And we're also joined by Tampa Bay Business Journal reporter Brianne Williams. Brianne, thank you as well. Thank you. Reverend John Hall Perkins, Senior Pastor at McCabe United Methodist Church in St. Petersburg. Reverend Hall Perkins, thank you. Thank you. And resident of St. Petersburg, William Gravely. Thanks so much, William. Thank you very much. And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wsfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. Steve Newborn produced this week's show, Engineering Assistance from Blake Bass. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.